chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. God help him. Bless Very him excited about being here. God bless him. But understanding that I have no ability to do anything good Amen. in this That's world. That's the truth. <clears throat> It'd be God that does it or yeah. get done. Amen. And so I wanted to speak to you on a meaningful topic tonight. I hope it will help us. God bless him. It's uh, about total transformation. What What is it? I know what the, the the world thinks of what it means to be a Christian. As a matter of fact, I read an article just not long ago that said that only 4% of church attendees' parents have a Christian worldview, have a biblical worldview. That's amazing. Only 4%. You know, there's a secular worldview that you're looking yeah. through man's eyes mm -hmm. and looking for man to answer all the questions of this world and for man to rise up and you know take care of all of his problems and, and all that. But you got the Christian worldview that says and the biblical worldview that says that God is the head. Amen. And that he is the only answer. He's the only way. And he's the only one that has sovereignty over this world. And so and I was wondering about that because you know there's a lot of full churches out there. Oh yeah. We call it easy believism, amen. Yes. We have a lot of things going on and just about anybody can come in and sure. be a part of that church. And They don't really preach the gospel. They don't really preach the truth of the gospel. They sort of give, a, like I said, an easy believism, but uh, uh, that's tares. That's what that is. Amen. That's the wheat and the tares. We saw that in the Bible. But I want to talk about real transformation and what it looks like. And, and it's not going to be something that I think, and it's not going to be really something that you think. It's what right. the Bible clearly says that happens when a man or a woman is saved. What does it look like? What literally happens on the inside of us? Amen. Amen. That's what we want to see. God so bless in, you. In the book of Ephesians, starting there in, in chapter 4, <clears throat> let's start at verse 17. Now we're going to go a lot through the Bible today because this is a, a topical sermon and we're going to look at different places throughout the Bible to see this theme and then we're going to sort of wrap it up as God gives us Bless him, an Lord. opportunity, okay? God help so I don't know exactly how it's going to go. Can I say that to you? Anyway, in verse 17 of chapter 4, Paul says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind." having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which is after, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Father, we pray that we would decrease 
and that you would increase, Father. I pray that I wouldn't preach anyway except the way you want me to preach. I pray, Father, that it would be you and not me. Yes. And not the expectations of others. God bless you. And that your spirit, God, you, would work in this congregation. We pray, Father, for a manifestation of you, a visitation yes. from you, and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What we see here in these six, eight verses really is a comparison of people before salvation and what they look like. Yes. And then something radical happened right through there uh, in 20 and 21. And then it showed an after picture of somebody that's truly being saved by the marvelous grace of God. So it's before salvation. All unconverted people, look at verse 17. He says, that they walked in these other Gentiles that have not been born again. They walk in the vanity or the futility of their mind. And in verse 18, having their understanding darkened, they're alienated from the life of God. They're ignorant. They, they have blindness of their heart. They're hard-hearted. They're past feeling or callous. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness, which is lewdness or sensuality. God bless him. Okay? Amen. For the practice of all kinds of things, of uncleanness, that's impurity with greediness. That's what the Bible says. And in verse 22, it gives a little bit more about that. Uh, that that they're, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And so, here it says that their former conduct, their former manner of life is one that grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Now, this is the diagnosis of every person prior to salvation. Amen. Yes. We, we're blind. We can't see. We're, we, we don't... No man seeketh after God, That's right. the Bible says. But then salvation comes... In verse 20 to 21, and everything changes. And verse 23 says that we be renewed in the spirit of our mind. That's yes. what it says. And then verse 24, put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Now the difference is the salvation that happened in verse 20 and 21. And Paul says there, let's look at it. He says, but ye have not so learned Christ. So Paul says we learned Christ. He's talking about salvation. That we have to learn. The gospel is truth that we must hear and learn. The Bible says in Romans 10, faith come by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And Jesus himself says... All ye that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me. I'll give you rest. Learn of me is what yes. he says yes. right through there. And so we have to learn. Faith comes by hearing. Jesus said that we oh, must yeah, learn yeah. of him. And even, I want you to jot this down. It's a beautiful verse. Just jot it down. John 6, 45 tells us 
that the Father has taught us to know the Lord, yes. to come to Jesus, and drew us yes. to, come to, to come to Jesus. So coming to eternal salvation is a matter really of learning the truth. And when that truth is learned, it brings about a transformation. A transformation. That is the transformation that Paul is really describing here. And we've got to understand this because there's so many people in this world right now, and you, your other preacher that come uh, maybe went over some of this, but they're confused about who is a Christian and who is not Tell it. a Christian. God bless them. If you were to take a poll in America, you're going to find out that most people would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I have Christian beliefs. I go to a Christian church. I have a Christian Bible. Uh, uh, but that's not what Paul is discussing no. right here, is it? God bless him. i got to tell you that right now. So many people would assume that if we go to a Christian church or a church that's sort of Christ-like, that we are automatically Christians in this world. But that's not what Paul talked about here. Bless him, Lord. And uh, many people would say, I have good feelings about Christ. They may have prayed a prayer sometime in the past, sometime, oh, yeah. somewhere. May have come into some problems in their life. May have, you know, needed some direction. Didn't know where they were going in life. And they prayed this prayer sometime long ago. I know this because I was one of those guys that did this stuff. And, uh, and so uh, somebody's told them they're a Christian and they've made this little decision and they think they're truly a Christian. Even a preacher's told them, you're going to make it. Oh, you're going to yeah. go all the way. God Nothing can you. separate you from the love of God. God bless I've, you. Got, I've got to tell you, it's more than that. Amen. It may have very well happened just like that. But Paul here is talking about some deeper stuff that had to have happened. God bless him. A real change. Yes. I'm talking about a transformation yes. has to occur. I'm talking about the God of the universe. Yes. The God of the universe yes. comes inside of us. Yes. Now that's going to make a change. Yes. If there's not going to change, God something's him. wrong. Amen. Yes. God and bless so, you. the definition Paul gives of salvation here is way more life-changing. It's just not having some good feelings about Christ. No. Help but we more. have to have, what we have here is a detailed spiritual transformation. That's what it is. Salvation is a transformation. That's opposed to a reformation. We've reformed ourselves just mm. a little bit. We, we want to hang out with a good crowd. And I see you're some fine folks in here. And I appreciate it. I'd rather hang around with you than a lot of these other crazies we see on the side of the road sure. and the, some of the people that we work with. Can I get a witness right through that? Sure. But just hanging out with Christians is not what this is talking no. about. We're talking about a true transformation. And it's not, it's not a reformation. There is some places in the Bible they talk about reformation. The Bible says that when the Spirit goes out of a man, he seeks around finding places of rest and he doesn't find any, does he? And so he comes back yeah. and he finds, he says, I'm going to go back to my house from whence I came. And mm -hmm. he comes back. He finds it empty, swept, swept. and garnished. Yeah. So he swept, he swept it out. It's cleaned up. He don't drink, he don't smoke. 
He don't cuss anymore. He does some great things. The Bible says it's also garnished yeah. just a little bit. Do you understand? Pretty up. Oh, it's pretty up, yeah. you know. But those garnishings they put on these plates, they don't really add anything to no. it. You don't normally eat that stuff, do no. you? But anyway, it's sort of like our works without being saved. It really doesn't do any good for us at all. Amen. The deal is, is that spirit comes God back bless him. and he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. What does he do? He goes right back in and he takes seven more demons mm -hmm. more wicked than himself. That's the reformation without regeneration. Amen. God okay? bless him. So we can't have that. No. And that's what some of those little prayers have done for people in the past. They, they, they got them out of a little fix. Oh, yeah. They, they, they sort of got it right with their wife again. Or maybe mom and daddy or got their job back or whatever it done. And sure. so they just went to cruising on. I'll call you. Back later, God, if I need you. Can I get a witness right That's there? right. But salvation is a transformation. It's that divine miracle. It's a divine miracle. Yes, it is. That transforms a sinner God into a saint. It's what Jesus talked about when He said, you must be born again. I mean, here's Nicodemus. He was a very religious man. He comes to Jesus. He says, my goodness, we know you're of God. For nobody can do these things that you do unless God is with you. And he Bless was a Lord. teacher in Israel, the Bible says. Yeah. Jesus looked at him and says, let me tell you something, Nicodemus. Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You understand? Yes. Then he goes on to say, unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of religious people out God here that him. are not going to heaven. Do we understand this? Yes. God bless The Bible him. is full of those people. As a matter of fact, over there in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, there is this group of people right there. And there's a whole bunch of parables about it. And at the last day, they're going to come to Jesus. Yeah. And they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in yeah. your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do many wonderful works in your name? These are not blushing sinners here. These are not those people out there drinking, getting drunk, running around on their wives. No, these are church-going people. God bless him. Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these wonderful things? He says, depart from me. You're a worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Amen. Now, this is what we're talking about. These churches. These churches. And maybe somebody in here. And I'm not mad at anybody. I want you to get in. Tell it. I want you to get in. That's yes. all I want to know. Yes. And so here, <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.17 says what? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature... Old things have passed away. Yes. Behold, all things have become new. That's salvation. Yes. That's regeneration. That's what we're talking about today. That's transformation. Old things have passed away. All things are become new. Now this is extremely important. Why do you say that? Because I get these frequent questions at my church, I get it from friends and family and people at the prison. And they say, how can we know if somebody is a Christian or not? That's a good question, isn't it? Sure. How can I know if I'm a Christian or not? Well, we're going to start and we're going to talk about that tonight. God bless you. we go back to Ezekiel. We're going to start in the Old Testament. You ready? Good. Let's start moving. Good. Over there to Ezekiel. 
Uh, that's just a wonderful passage of Scripture. Yes. yes. Ezekiel chapter 36. God bless him. Now this is talking about Israel. And uh, they had been taken captive. And God had uh, helped Ezekiel to have a prophecy concerning their return. And this is somewhere in the future. I think it's even yet future, but I, I don't know. But it is future. Look at verse 24 there, Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take you from among the heathen. Okay, they're scattered all around the world right now. You know that. But they're starting to gather back up over there at Jerusalem. Uh, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all your countries and will bring you into your own land. Mm. You see, God gave them a land way back with Abraham and they never did really occupy all that land. Now here's what's going to happen. Old Testament, same as the New Testament. Here we are. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Mm. A new heart also will I put give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you, listen to yes. me, to walk in my statutes and you may, and ye shall be keep my judgments and do them. Amen. Now here is a statement about what happens when God saves someone. That's exactly Remember, right. salvation is the same throughout history. Yes. It doesn't matter. Tell somebody says, oh, we're in a New Testament church. No, I'm in an old Bible church. Amen. I'm an Old Testament, New Testament, and even the mass. Can I get a witness right through that? Yeah. I believe it all. Can I get God is that bless right? you. Yeah. We don't distinguish that. Because Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. We believe God and it's counted Amen. unto us for righteousness. It's the same thing. Bless him, Lord. Here it's described in terminology just like what Paul used in Ephesians. It's just like it. Amen. Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel 36, 25 talks about the time that God saved his people. It's not just a statement of justification. It's a transformation. It is such a change that it's described as using clean water to clean all your filthiness. And additionally, to free you from your idols. And that's what we had before mm -hmm. we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can have a singular devotion to the Lord. In verse 26, a new heart. Amen. A new heart also will I put in you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will, look at that, take away the stony heart. Amen. You catch me now here. Yes. Let's talk about that just for a second. So it's not just something new that is added. No, oh, no. Okay? People don't mind adding things to their life. God bless him. You got what I'm saying? So, so here we are. We find all these nice dressed people and they're very kind and they're just so open and loving and, and they just seem like they got their stuff together. I think I want to add those people to my life. I think I want to add those beliefs to my life. God bless I think him. I want that positive influence in my life. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I like, I like that. But it's just not like that. And that's what a lot of people have done. They've added to their portfolio. Yes. I'm a Christian. Yes, God bless I'm a church goer. I'm a member of Podunk Hollow Baptist Church. You got what I'm saying? Now, that's where I live, in case you're wondering. Podunk Hollow. <laughs> thought it was a good idea when I named it. It's been the butt of a lot of jokes. But something, this is not just 
adding something. It says something is removed yes, also. Amen. Something replaces it. What replaces the heart of stone is a new heart and a new spirit. Then in verse 27, I will put my spirit, there's another spirit, the Holy Spirit within you and the result. Look at the result there. Amen. And cause you to walk in my statutes and so keep my judgments and do them. That's salvation. Amen. That's transformation. There is a change that has happened in our life. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Now there's so much of that that's not going on in this world. Tell it. Is that right? That's exactly right. But we want to know what the real deal is. You see, salvation according to this is is the washing from filthiness. The washing from all the other gods. It's the giving of a new heart. It's the removal of the old heart. It's the planting of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It causes us to walk in God's statute. To observe His ordinances. This is transformation. Right. It's not new to Scripture. It's not, but people don't want to look at it. They don't want to read it. They don't want to see that. They want to easily believe this and give us smooth things in this world. Help him, Lord. Don't tell us what we've really got to do here. And so Paul presented this here. There are plenty of Old Testament and New Testament equivalents, but Paul presented it over there in chapter 4. And so, but that's not the first time that he presented it. And it wasn't the last time he presented Mm -hmm. it. So let's go over there and look at Ephesians chapter 2. Now, we we went to chapter 4, and we're going to go back there in a minute, but I want us to look at chapter 2, if you don't mind. Bless him, Lord. Just for a minute. So in parallel fashion, Paul begins chapter 2 by saying, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Here Paul talks about the condition of the unregenerate. They're dead. Yes. Dead. Yes. Dead in trespasses and sins. In a sense, in the sense they cannot respond to God or they cannot respond to divine truth. They're dead in trespasses in sins. He further describes them in verse 2 by saying, In time past you walked according to the course of this world, referring to the evil world system that dominates yes. life. We did what the world wanted us to do. We did what the world laid out for us to do, referring to that. And then we worked, uh, walked according to the prince of the power of the air who runs that system. Who is that? Satan, who is the spirit now working in the sons of disobedience. So here is description of the unconverted person, dead in trespasses and sins, walking according to the course of this satanic system that occupies the world under Satan. Amen. Yes. That's what we were. Yes. In the lust of our flesh. Then in verse 3 he said, we all had our conversation in time past. That means we formerly lived in that same condition. Every one of us did. God bless him. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature what? Children of wrath, even as others. So here we have a very detailed description of every human being who is unconverted. But notice verse 4. Then salvation takes place. God bless him. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath 
quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Bless him, Lord. I love that. God help him. And so he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he, he quickened us, the Bible says, together with Christ. By grace you say, he's raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places. This is the transformation of salvation. And as a result, look at verse 10. Bless him, Lord. This is the result. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is a major change. Yes. This is a dramatic change yes. from the previously shown list of sinful practices in verse 1 through 3. How many times, brother, have we been asked, somebody lives for the devil, they go crazy. They do all these kind of things. But they had made a little mm. profession of faith mm. back in the day in Bible school. You understand? Oh, yeah. They had tried to live for the Lord Tell right it. back then, but nothing ever come out of it. Nothing ever panned out of it. And they go out here on a tangent. And 35 years later, 40 years later, they die and they want Greg or they want me to get up there and somehow preach them into heaven. That's not biblical. Amen. And it's not doing anybody else any good Amen. either. That's right. Is it? No, a lie. We need to tell the truth. There's got to be a change in this world. God bless him. That's the only way. And if there's not been a change, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. I'm just telling you. Tell it. But look what it says here. Bless him, we're His workmanship. I love that. Here we have that new creation He's talking about. His workmanship. You know what that means in the Greek? We're His masterpiece. We're His workmanship. Yeah. He's worked us out. He's made us a piece of artwork. He's taken us from the pit. And He's yes. remade us. And He's yes. put a new heart in us. Yes. And He's taken that old stone heart out. And He's shaped us. And now He's chipping on us and He's working on us, conforming us and transforming us into a child of God that we need to be. Amen. God help Him. We're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. His artwork. And as a result, we do good works. We exactly. follow His Word. Yes. We're obedient to Him. We assemble ourselves together. We pray. We support. We witness. We love. We stand against sin. That's what a Christian is. God bless him. This is a transformation. Salvation is a washing from filthiness. You see it? Yes. It's a turning from all other gods. It's the giving of a new heart and the removal of the old heart. It's implanting the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's being born again. It causes us to walk in God's will and to observe His ordinances. This is transformation. Now, flip back right over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, if you will. Please with me one time. We see something constant in the way salvation is described. Look at there at verse 17 again. He said, Henceforth 
that uh, I say therefore and testify the Lord that you henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. We don't walk like other Gentiles walk. We can't live that way. No. It's not right. No. It's not proper. As a matter of fact, it's not, not possible. possible. Right. Amen. You can't do it. No. <laughs> because if any man be in Christ, he is a new preacher. Yes. He can't do that. No. God won't let Thank him, and God. our spirit will not let us do that. Help him, Lord. Today, God bless him. We don't live as other unregenerate human beings live. We're not characterized by the things that characterize them. The descriptions, notice uh, there in Ephesians 2 and 4, they sound very extreme, don't they? They do, because a lot of us were born again as young children. And a lot of us didn't get into the, some of the craziness that I got into. It don't sound extreme to me, I'm going to tell you. Because yeah. I come out of an extreme, badly, bad background. But to some of us, we say, that's a little extreme. I, you know, that wasn't the way it was for me. But just understand this. All people don't live their life to the maximum potential of evil. All are not totally given over to sin. Not everyone is a mass murderer. I've seen some of them. And there, not everybody is a serial rapist. Not everyone's like that. But listen, all of us fall into one of these two categories yes, sir. to one degree or another. Yes. Bless him, Lord. You see, why is it that everybody isn't extremely, as extremely evil as possible? You ever thought about that? Well, there's a few reasons, and it's biblical. The answer is because God has placed some restraints in this world. You understand? As a matter of fact, even as children, we had restraints. The Bible says the law of God is written in our heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, it informs us if we're living right or wrong. Sure. Look it up. It's in uh, the book of Romans chapter 1. You don't look it up now. But he says that we can suppress the truth in unrighteousness. But God has put it into our heart. That's one of the things we're going to be judged for. God bless Him. And so we suppress that evil. But we, our conscience wounds us if we violate that law that's in our hearts. That's a restraint, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And I know that's true. Sure. But I've got to tell you, family is a restraint. My daddy, he would whip my tail, man, oh, if yeah. I got out of line. And my mom, too. And, and, you know, other people would probably do the same thing. And so family is a restraint. Government is a restraint. they got some fences around some things, don't sure. they? You don't want to do this or do that because it's going to hurt. So those are some restraints that keep us. Now, some of those restraints, have you seen them now? These people looting all these places? These mobs going from store to store all night long, stealing. Anybody look at this stuff and see this stuff? It's terrible. Yeah. So the restraint's going because iniquity shall abound. Yeah. The love of many shall wax cold in this world. So we've got some really rabid... I tell you, iniquity's going to abound in the last days. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yes, Lord it help certainly us. is. So, God bless But him. there's other restraints. There's the threat of punishment is restraint. The threat of death is a restraint. So not everybody is as bad as they possibly could be. Be. But everybody falls into this definition. And here is really the definition. Look in verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. Here it is. 
being alienated from the life of God. Being alienated from the life. Being excluded from the life of God. They don't possess divine life. They don't have the life of God. That's what it is. It's described uh, to them in chapter 2 about being dead in trespasses and sins. They do not have. It's the absence of the life of God. Now we read in verse 20 and 21. Let's read that. If it so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, but ye have not so learned in Christ. So it's learning Christ. It's hearing Him. Being taught by Him. It's about that truth that is in Jesus. God bless you. It's what it's about. Helping Lord. It's the gospel. These are references to salvation. And in that saving work, I want us to realize what happens. Paul uses three phrases right through here. And we can see it. It's the same ones that were right over there in Ezekiel. Yeah. It was the same ones in chapter 2, and it's the same ones here, and we're going to see them in a couple more places as well. And here it is. Look at verse 22. He says that we should uh, put off concerning the former conversation. Put off or lay aside. Then in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then in verse 24, put on, that you put on the new man, which is, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So what do we do? We lay aside the old self. What is the old self? What we used to be. The totality of our invisible nature. That that's inside of us. That's that drove us. Why do we lay it aside under the power of God? Because we heard the gospel. We were taught the gospel. We saw the truth that's in the gospel. We believed the gospel. God opened their mind. God opened their heart. He gave us uh, information. He gave us life. He gave us understanding. A divine miracle took place. We heard the gospel. We learned the gospel. And so we lay aside the old self. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? We laid aside the old self. self. In verse 24, we put on the new self. This is transformation. This is salvation. We don't, listen to me. We don't have the old self and the new self competing. Understand me. You're going to see this. I'm, 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 I'm taking a while to get there for you. There's not an old self and a new self in there. God bless him. The old self was taken away. Oh, you've got the new self in there. Mm. Help him, Lord. This is clear in the Bible. We're going to see it. God bless him. So, the old self is removed. No, listen. We're, it's not that our old self is repaired. It's not repaired. No. It's not that we're realigned. It's not realigned. It's removal yes. of the old self. It's taken away. It's removed. It's renounced. It's replaced. Now, please go with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Bless him, Lord. Colossians chapter 3. Paul is essentially saying the exact same thing. Let's just read these first three verses. Colossians chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits 
on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are what? Dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. He said, we died. That's right. That old nature's dead. Where we were dead in trespasses and sins, now that old nature is dead. It ceases to live. It doesn't exist anymore. You have died, and then go back to verse 1. He says, and if you then be risen with Christ. So the old nature has died. It's no more. And the new nature has risen in us. Amen. That's what it means to be if old things have passed away and behold, hold, all things yes. have become new. Yes. Are we catching it? Yes. Is it starting to flow into a shed? Old things Bless him, Lord. have passed away. The old man has passed away. The old man is dead. God bless him. And we've got a new man in us. It's called the divine nature. Mm-hmm. We see it over there in the book of Peter and in the book of Acts and throughout the scripture. You have died, but you were raised. The old has died, and a new creation was resurrected. In verse 9 and 10, look what it says. Not Very clear. I'm not one to another. Seeing that you have put off the old man Amen. with his deeds. Yes. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created. That created him. That's what the Bible says. You see, we laid aside the old self with the evil practices. God bless him. The old self, and when it went out, all of its evil practices went out also. And we put on the new self. It's now being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So the new self is made in the image of God. It's like God. It's the divine nature. Yes. We have the divine nature of God in us. We have eternal life. We've been raised. We've put on the new self. Those four verbs basically tell us what salvation does. It's a death and resurrection. It's the removal of the old self, which is replaced by a new self. And this language helps us to understand the core reality, the core beauty, the, the core wonderfulness of our Christian identity. And now, there's more language similar to that. Blessing Let's go over to the Romans... Romans chapter 6, please. God help him. Romans yes. chapter 6. Bless him, Lord. We're going to sort of maybe finish through here a little bit. God bless him. Because we, we've got a situation here. Help him, Lord. We've got a situation. Because, hey, I'm a new creature. The divine nature in me. The old man's dead? Well, then how in the world am I having such a problem with sin sometimes? Can I get a witness right through there? Yeah, that's right. We've got to figure this one out, don't we? Paul tells us right here. Paul tells us. God bless him. We're just going to look at some things and try to understand it. Let's look at verse 1 through 7. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace 
may abound. God forbid. How shall we that are what? Damn. Dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that as many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death just like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life. Amen. It's telling us we were dead and now we're new. Verse 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that what? Our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not Serve sin, for he that is dead is free from sin. Amen. Last time I preached uh, something about Jesus taking that cup, remember? Mm -hmm. And how my sin was in there, and your sin was in there, yeah. and he gladly took it. Now it says, I was crucified on that cross with him. That's right. Did it say that right there? That we were crucified with the Lord Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. Can you imagine on that dark day when He took our sins and He He bore our death on that cross? He died and took my old nature yes. away. Is that beautiful? I think it is. God bless him. I don't know what time that happened. It had to be during those dark hours. So what do we have here? Verse 8 sort of sums it up. And it says there, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. You see, that new self possesses eternal life. Listen carefully. Eternal life. He said, now if we be dead with Him, we believe that we shall also what? Live. Live with Him. So we're living. We have eternal life. So verse 11, He says, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Doesn't it say that right there? Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, I want to stop here and say some things. Pray for me. Our church has got wheat and tares in it. There's a parable in the Bible and the Bible says that this farmer went out and sowed seed. But the next morning he got up and what happened? There was... There was a bunch of other seeds been put in there. Yeah. Isn't that right? That's right. And Jesus explained what that was. He says, the wheat are children of the kingdom. But he said, the tares, they're the, they're the, they, they belong to the devil. The devil had sowed those seeds. Because they don't understand what it means to be, to have fruit. God bless him. To have fruit. And I'm not, I've done some study on that, but I'm not going to, we've got to really move to try to get to the end of this thing here. So today, there are wheat and tares in the modern church. That's easy believism. And so the preachers can't preach the kind of messages that I'm preaching to you today 
Because they'll offend somebody and they'll get up and leave. Tell it. I'd rather you get up and leave than split hell wide open. We gotta understand what it means to be saved. Yes. We're new creatures. That old man is dead, and we have a new man inside God of bless us. You. And we talked about Matthew seven. I won't go over that again. There's a lot of parables there. Even those that built their house, they're talking about churchgoers again. Yeah. Some on the sand. That's false doctrine. Yeah. Some on the rock, which is real doctrine. Yes. God bless him. So there's many. There's confusion in the minds of many who are evaluating whether others are saved and many about their own condition. So where we have salvation, we have, look at the end of Romans 6.4. Here it is. Look at Romans 6.4. This is what we're looking for. The last words. Even so we also should walk in what? Newness. Newness of life. If we're not walking in newness of life, we're not God. Tell it. Pray for me now. That is the life of God in the soul of man. I'm going to quote you 2 Peter. Write this down. Or you can look at it. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It's beautiful. Yes. I want you to look at it. Yes. He said, According as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises by that by these you might be tar, par, partakers of the what? Divine nature. Divine nature. <clears throat> Divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You God see it me. so far. So we've already received a new self that will live forever. A new self that has been created in righteousness, holiness, and truth. And it's not that when we were saved, the Lord helped us to live a little better. No. A little better life. No. no, we went through a death, a burial, and a resurrection. And the divine nature of God was put on us. It's not just a better life. It's a transformed life. Amen. Look at Romans 6, 16-18. He says, Know ye not that to whom you yield your Servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether oh, of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were, were, were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. There's that learning we talked about earlier, yes. which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Amen. Are we seeing it clear now? God help me. Bless and he goes on to say, I speak after the, the, the manner of men because of the infirmity in your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now you yield your members servants to righteousness and unto holiness. Now let me just make this plain today. We're all servants of somebody. That's right. A lot of people say, I don't want to be bogged down with that church stuff. I'm going to live my life like I want to live it. No, you're a servant of sin. That's right. You're a servant of Satan. I, you know what I write in people's Bibles now? At the prison, when they come, get right. I said, choose your master. Because we're all under a master. Yes, 
we are. Psalm 1, 1 through 6. He talks about it. That we're under, thus the marks of the mastered men. Blessed the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat uh, of the scornful, or standeth in the uh, path of the sinners, or sitteth in the seat of, of the scornful, but in his, in his law doth he meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. That's right. But they're driven like the chaff in the wind. Is that right? So I'm trying to tell you, we got to choose our master. God bless him. Bless him, Lord. Pray for me, please. Thank you. God help you. I know what you're thinking, though. You're probably thinking it because I thought it. I said, but wait a minute. I've assessed my life. I, I, I've looked at it, and I, I have to confess to you that I see it. Help him, Lord. Does anybody in here not see him? Doesn't the Bible say over there in 1 John, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us all from all sin? In other words, if we're walking with the Lord in the light, it's going to expose our sin. He says if we say we don't have any sin, what do we do? We're a liar. We're lying. Yeah. Right? We're a liar. We're liars. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. and So is there some kind of opposition here? God bless him. You see, if you look at Romans 6, Paul was going to help us with that. In Romans 6, Paul never locates that sin in the new self. Bless Since our new Lord. self is created in righteousness, holiness, and truth, the new self is the creation of the Holy Spirit, it's regeneration, it's in the image of God, it's the divine nature, the new self partakes of that divine nature, it contains eternal life. We don't receive eternal life, by the way, in the future, we have it right now, we live it, it's the invisible part of us, it's the recreated miracle of divine sovereign grace that has remade us in righteousness, holiness, and truth. But what about sin? God bless him. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. He says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he, he wants us to be alive unto God through that's our new life. And then he goes on to verse 12. He says, Look what he says. Let not sin therefore reign in your what? Mortal body. body. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Now we've been saved, Brother Greg. Yes. I've been saved. I can't be any more saved. That new man. But you see, salvation is really three things. I've been saved. I was saved from the penalty of sin. Mm -hmm. A long time ago in regeneration. Now I'm being saved from the power of sin. You understand? Yeah. That's sanctification. The power of sin. I'm growing in the grace and knowledge yes. of the Lord Jesus yes. Christ. I'm able to overcome sin more. I don't become sinless, but I start to sin less in life. God bless him. But I still have this old unredeemed flesh. Yes. 
it's not redeemed. That's why when we have a funeral, the body's laying there and we paint it up and we straighten it up and we fix it up and we dress it up, but it's just rotting flesh. That's right. Because it's not been redeemed. And one day when we get our new bodies, the Bible says we're not all, he says, I'm going to tell you a mystery. We don't all sleep. So we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You see, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. Do we understand that? It, it can't make it there. That's what the Bible says. Yes. And so we're going to be changed. That, that mortal has to put on immorality, immortality, excuse me. It already has immorality on it. <laughs> and that corruption must put on incorruption. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Now we got a, a nice a nice uh, little situation here. I want you to look over here real quick, like please. Let's go to that next chapter, chapter seven. Yes. God help him. Paul locates sin right through here, not in self, but in the mortal body. We're a new creation. We partake of the uh, divine nature. We Bless possess him, eternal life. But we're also connected to mortality, and that's where sin lies in our mortality, in that part of us that can die. The inner part of us can never die. That's why it's called eternal life. This shouldn't be a surprise to us. Let's just consider wisely the language of Paul. Look at verse 7, uh, 14, please. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am what? Carnal. Carnal. There it is. Fleshly. Yeah. We got this old flesh on us. This is Paul's personal testimony. He says, we know that the spirit, that the law is spiritual. In fact, he go back to verse 12. He says the law is holy and the commandments are holy and just and good. He knows that. But in, in verse 14, he says, the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal. That means of the flesh, sold under the sin. In, for example, into the bondage of sin. And read through uh, 24 here. Let's look at all the times he says that. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would that I do not. Now Paul's being truthful here. God bless what you. What I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I can I consent unto the law that it is that it is good. Now then it is no more I did you see this? That's right. It's no more that I that right. do it, but right. sin that he says that no man that new man does not sin. That's right. It cannot sin. There's no way. Because that's the eternal life. That's the divine nature. It him. cannot sin. And that's the only way that you can look at 1 John right. and see. Yes. He says, Be not deceived. He that worketh righteousness is righteous. But he that sins is sinful. This is how him. the children of God are manifest yeah. and the children of the devil are manifest. Yes. You understand? But he's not talking about this sinful flesh that we have right here. He's talking those ungodly people, they don't have that new man. Amen. God bless him. So they yoke up with the world. They love the world. They click with the world. It works for them. That's how they love to live. Bless him, Keep Lord. on going. He goes on down and says in verse 18, For I know that in me, that is what? My, My flesh. flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil that I would not, 
that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more the I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let's see more. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after what? The inner man. That's that new creation, yes. that new creature. Yes. But I see another law in my what? Members. That's the flesh. Yes. Right there. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He says, and he gets so upset. He gets so upset. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Mm. What's he saying? He's saying I'm full of divine life. But there's a corpse strapped to him. Truth. That's the truth. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah. This body, there's a corpse to him. You know, in those days, I don't know if you heard this, you probably have, but as a punishment, often when somebody would kill another person, they would strap a dead body up. They'd take that murdered corpse and strap it to the murderer as a punishment. And it wouldn't take long before that body would start to stink, start to decay, and start eating away. And it wouldn't be too long before it was a horrendous death to that killer. Paul felt the same way. Mm. We feel the same way. Yes. We have that divine life in us. We feel like this flesh is bringing us down. But he knows he's going to try. try. So look at verse 25. He says, Who will deliver me from the body of flesh? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, I'm going to be delivered. Yeah. I'm going to be delivered, but it's not now. Bless him, Lord. Not now. He's going to free me from this corpse, but not now. Notice verse 25. So then with the mind, that's the last part of that, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He says, I'm going to be delivered. But right now, I've got to live with this flesh yes. in me. I want to close here, but let me say just a few more words to you if you don't mind. It hadn't happened yet. By the way, don't, please, don't miss this. Look at that next verse. What's the next verse? Chapter 8? There is therefore now. Now. Amen. Now. Yeah. Even after all that he said. Even after he said, I struggle. I want to do right, but I can't. I, I don't want to do these things, but I do them anyway. And then he goes on to say, therefore now. Look. Yeah. There is therefore now, now, no condemnation. Amen. Because he has that inner man, that new man on the inside. This will not condemn us. So we're not to fight the battle with the flesh. We are. We've got to fight. It's not the old flesh, it's not the old self. It's the flesh. 
Because the old flesh, the old man, is dead. Amen. All right. Now, let's go over there to chapter 8. And, excuse me. Yeah, chapter 8. I want to just look at one or two verses. Here. Bless him, Lord. Just one or two just to close us out here. Verse 22. He says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Yeah. And not only they, but ourselves also, yeah. which have the first fruits of the Spirit. There it is. Yeah. The first fruits of the Spirit. We have the earnest yeah. of the Spirit. And we're waiting on that last payment. Let me say there in 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again, begotten us again, begotten us again, born us again, begotten us again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've read it. Mm -hmm. yeah. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you mm. who are kept by the power of God unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we're waiting on that last installment. Yes, God and he goes blessing. on to say, verse 23, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We're going to have a fight to the finish. Yeah. How do we win it? I'm going to give you two things here real quick. We can have some victory now. And by the way, they ask me all the time, Preacher, don't you sin? You don't sin anymore? I sin. I just don't enjoy it like I used to. Amen. Right. Exactly How about right. you? Yeah. That's, right. That's right. But we win victory, don't we? Right. We can win victory. And i got to tell you, just like older people have a bigger catalog to draw from on those old things we used to do, Remember the mm -hmm. crazy things we used to do? We can pull those up. We can sin again sure. by looking at those. God bless you. We can also have a greater victory over sin. But understand this. The closer we get to God, the more those sins hurt us. Yeah. They hurt. Yeah. They no grieve us worse because we know better. And we do that. So, young people, you can have victory over sin. But as these old folks will tell you here, and I'm getting there, I'm right at 60, Brother Greg, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, it hurts so much more when we sin. But can we have victory? Yes, because we have the power. We have the resident Holy Spirit that lives within yes. us. We, have, we live in the power of that new life. We, it's created in righteousness, holiness, and truth. By the Spirit which dwells in us. So we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. We don't grieve the Spirit of God. We listen to the Spirit of God. We do not disobey the Spirit of God. We also have the additional power that comes from the Scriptures. We read the Bible mm -hmm. and we meditate upon the Word of God and we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. These things, he says in John chapter 2, verse 1, I have written unto you that you what? Sin not. Yeah. He said, hide thy word in my heart that I yeah. may not sin against yeah. thee. So we I'm read the word of God and then we have a new nature. We have the Holy Spirit, right? We have the word of God. 
But you know what it really comes down to? It comes down to obedience. I'm, these are my final words. Final words are very important. I remember when my daddy gave his final words. You know what he said? Take care of your mama. <laughs> I remember that. I was only 16. Jesus had some final words. Didn't he? Yes, Before he left, that was the Great Commission. Go into all the world. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to get this exactly right. Teaching them to observe all things. Isn't that right? So that's what we need to be doing. If we're busy about the Father's work, we can be having victory in our lives. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it so very much.